are listening to the Three Up Three Down Sports Podcast. Always remember, be good or be good at it. Carol Baskin killed her husband, whacked him. Can't convince me that it didn't happen. Fed him to tigers, they snacking. What's happening? Carol Baskin. Welcome to episode eight of the Three Up, Three Down Sports podcast. What's going on, Andrew? Hey, good evening there, Chase. Episode How are you eight tonight. How are you feeling tonight? Dude, I'm feeling good. I'm in a really great podcasting mood. I'm not gonna lie. I I'd really love am. to hear it, man. I really, I really, really am. We got um, kind of a random lineup tonight. I feel like hey, it, look, but look, I, I don't mean to interrupt this early, but you know, so we we just kind of came interrupt. in off the the I don't music. Care interrupt doesn't bother me. Interrupt. Look, we go from WAP to Carol Baskin, and it's like you know, people are probably we had it last episode, maybe the episode before that. People are probably wondering, man, like, what's up with the, the Carol Baskin, right? So I was showing the podcast to my wife last night, and she was listening to the intro, and, and she heard the Carol Baskin music. I thought she'd like it. I thought she'd appreciate it. She turns to me. <laughs> she turns to me and goes, is that Chase? Do you want to know? Do you want to know something? <laughs> No, let me tell you this. Let me, let me tell you this. I'm not kidding. And I don't know why I never thought about it until today or until yesterday when I was loading up episode seven and I played the music. And I'm telling you, I sat there and I was like, God, this sounds like me. Why does that sound so much like me singing that song? I can't believe that she thought the exact same thing. Because nobody, nobody has thought about that since it started. But I'm sitting here thinking, if I was to sing that song, that's what I sound like. I feel like I would sound like that, right? So let's... That's fantastic that she said that. That so makes Chase, my night right now. Let's give the people what they want. Would you mind giving us a little, a little ditty? A little, a little ditty, your, a little ditty, a little ditty of what? Your version what you of the of Carol what? Baskin song? Of, 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 uh, Carol Baskin. Killed her, husband, whacked him. <laughs> Can't convince me that it didn't happen. She fed him to tigers. They snack him. What's happening? Carol Baskin. Yeah! Oh, worse of that. Do you do you want to know what's sad about that? It tells you I've been watching the TikTok video way too much. <laughs> Quarantine's getting to me, man. I'm telling you. Golly, I can't believe that she picked that up. The same day. <laughs> it's the same thought that I had. It, whatever. Anyway. The the whole reason we're that I mean we could end the podcast right there and it'd be it'd be well worth it. Great content right there. I'm I'm happy with that. 
Hey, hit Chase with that five-star rating. Seriously. <laughs> That's got to be worth something. But the reason we're introing, back to what you were saying now, why, why are we playing my, my great friend Carol in the beginning here? Well, look, so, so the quarantine hits us and sports goes away. And everybody's watching Tiger King. And we have not had a chance to talk about Tiger King. We haven't. And, and I want to hit on it. a little bit. It has, and I want to bring it back because we haven't gotten a chance to talk about it, and we need to talk about it. And it's really And good. so I have ranked my top five Tiger King characters. Okay. I'm ready. Hit me with them. I'm going to start with what? an honorable mention. I always go honorable Wait, mention. Are we, are we going best to worst or worst to best? I, I'm going – the last one that I say will be my favorite character. Okay. So six to, six to one, and, six being so, honorable mention. And I so, you. I mean, if you're in the top six here, you're – I mean, you're, you're good. You're quality. You're, it, it's go time. You're entertaining to me. If you didn't make the list, you got to up your game. Okay. So, honorable mention, Joe Exotic's campaign manager, Joshua Dial. Man. It's a good – I mean, it's a good honorable – I could have put him in the top five, but that's a, so it's a good honorable mention. Honorable mention, I love this kid. Look, this kid, he's taken, like, He's taking the Gary V way of doing things. He wants he wants to get into politics. He wants to he wants to to be the man. And he's like, you know what? On my resume, I want it. I want Joe Exotic's campaign manager on my resume. Could you imagine having Joe Exotic's campaign manager on your resume for the rest of your life? Top of the list, you're applying for gainful employment. Your hiring manager looks and says, Joe Exotic's campaign manager. Holy cow, what is that interview going to look like? And then they go to, to check it and find out it's legit. Yeah, what is that, that going to be like? What would that interview be like? I, I, would, I would pay to be that HR manager. Hey, Joshua. You know, thank you for applying. Uh, tell me, was it your idea to put Joe's picture on uh, on the condom wrappers to hand out to the voting public? <laughs> Come on, dude. I mean, like, is... <laughs> I mean, if you got credit, that that's wall, innovation. <laughs> it'd be fantastic, man. I, I, you, I mean, you'd have to, he'd be at least your top two candidates for the position. So that's all I got to say. Has to be. All right. Number five. Who, let me, let's hear number five now. I'm ready. I'm ready for the. Yep. I'm ready for the official list. Number, let's hear it. Official list. Rick Kirkham. This is the. Uh, this right. is the. This is the video producer. This is the old guy, sitting there in the cowboy hat. At, you know, drinking a, a coffee at a hotel so, house. So he was like. He was guess. like. He was like my number three. I liked him a lot, but that's okay. You can have him at five. I like him. I like his style. I love the guy, man. He's a little creepy. Um, he's a lot creepy. But he's a straight shooter. <laughs> he, 
he tells you tells you tells it like it is. Um, Do you remember Sister Act? The movie Sister Act. I mean, that's been. I, I remember Whoopi Goldberg. Okay. Do you remember the the little monk brothers that were in the in the monastery and the kind of skinny, short, crazy looking one? That's who. That's who that guy looks like. I might have to send you a picture later so you know who I'm actually talking about to have some reference. But somebody that's listening to this podcast is going to know who I'm talking about. It looks just like him. But, I mean, you think about this guy. He knows where all the bones are buried. And then all of his video proof of it got burned up. (laughs) I feel bad for him. But how insane, how crazy is this guy to follow – Joe Exotic around the the whole for for years, for a long time. That's a, a different time. level of crazy. Number four. Uh, yep. It's number four, and here's here's a little bit of a hot take here, Chase. You're not gonna like it. I'm probably You're not, not gonna, gonna know like who it is, but let's hear it. It's number four. It's Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. <laughs> You want to know my unpopular opinion in the world right now? I love Carol Baskin. Oh I love gosh. Carol Baskin. She's just Are you a, sexually attracted to Carol Baskin? Absolutely not. I'd rather cut my eyeballs out. But she is fantastic entertainment on that show. Hey there, all you cool cats and kittens. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of Carol Baskin... I came across one of the greatest Instagram um, posts today. I sent it to you. You watched it. I want to know your thoughts on it. I felt like it was hilarious and very well done. It was on Barstool, Barstool Blog, I think is what, what, what the Instagram page it was on. Anyway, these two Australian guys tricked Carol Baskin into an interview with Jimmy Fallon. She has not done an interview after, like, post the Tiger King show. She hadn't done an interview. They trick her into thinking they are Jimmy Fallon's production company for his show. They go in. They get her to agree to it. They go in and watch hours and hours and hours of Jimmy Fallon episodes and clip out about, I don't know, 15 or 20 snippets of him asking questions that would relate to her and they got her on a zoom call they said he he's at home so he can't you can't see him but he's going to be able to hear you he's going to ask you questions and she went with it and fell for it and they i mean it was flawless and they conducted an interview between a recorded fake jimmy fallon and carol baskin and it is by far the greatest thing that hit the internet today, in my opinion. I thought it was to to be able to pull it off, and and they're obviously I want to I want to follow these guys because they're notorious for doing it all over Europe. But this was their first big takedown in in the states. It's hilarious. I mean, it's on Barstool so Blogs. It, at the time that we're recording this, it's got like two and a half million views. It, mm. It's so well done. It really is well done. And she fell hook, for the line, whole and sinker. For the whole thing. For them to pull that sucker off, I mean, 
just love Carol Baskin. masterfully orchestrated. Love Carol Baskin. And and you know, and, and to their credit, they didn't like they didn't make her look bad in nope, it. They didn't. Uh, they they allowed her to plug her yep. her quote unquote charity, you know, whatever. Yep. Um great stuff. Really good stuff. But look, make no mistake. She fed her husband to the tiger. She absolutely did. They are snacking. They are Snacking. Number three. Number three. What's your number three? Saf. Is Saf my one arm lady? Yes. Is it a lady or is it a dude? I assume it's a lady. No, it's a lady. I think it's a dude. No, it's a female. Well, we can check it on the interweb, but I'm pretty sure it's a whatever. I think Saf is a dude, but. You know, could could easily make an argument for number one in this list. Most likable character in the whole damn show. Absolutely cool, no calm, problem. collected. Got, I'm going to say his, got his arm ripped off by a tiger. It's a, fe- it's a female. Female. And this dude, <laughs> this dude shows back up to work four days later and is like, all right. Let me know. Let me know what to do. <laughs> Who do I need to it feed? Time to go to work. I mean, <laughs> what? She'd be number one on my 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 higher list if I was an HR manager. So she'd win. She'd win that one. I mean, um, that that's absolute dedication to your job. Yeah, I mean, you talk about a work ethic. Um, <clears throat> second to none. What was that number three or number two? That, that was number, number three. three. Number two. Love one arm, Sally, Saffy, whatever her name. Number is. two, Doc Antley. I love this guy. Which one's Doc? Help me out. So he's the founder of the of uh, uh, the uh, Tigers, the Institute for Greatly Endangered and Rare Species. He's the uh, the guy with the the, the blonde hair. Kind of looks like. Uh, even trashier, badass Billy Gunn. See the one with the. He's not the Vegas guy with the black cap and the bandana underneath, right? No, 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 not him. He's the. Um, he's wearing. You know, seems like he's always kind of wearing a Magellan shirt. Um, he's the guy that. Um, he was like a cult leader, man. Like, and the one chick that. Like got a boob job just so she could get some sleep. <laughs> hey, uh, like genuinely don't even have a clue who you're talking about. But I'll to take him. That he had the two. the little um. Oh man, go back and watch. This dude is fantastic. Okay, very I mean, number very two, personal, be fantastic personality. Um, no doubt cannot be trusted. Okay. I mean, he's doing some shady, shady shit, but he's just kind of like he knows he knows where the bones are buried for both Joe and Carol, and he's just poking the bears on both sides, like playing middleman and just and and having like twenty seven wives. I mean, um, I mean, I got nothing on this guy. Like number two, I'm I'm I mean, he sounds like a interesting. Young man. Well, so so number one, and this is 
undisputed. You can't even argue it. It's Joe Exotic. If if if, if Joe Exotic's not your number one, then uh, there needs to be some fairly serious. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend. Dude ran for president. He ran for governor. Failed at I both. Mean, but I appreciate I mean, the effort. Really, really some good. Uh, I mean, and, I don't, that personality is just, I mean, that's a rare, rare personality. And look, all Joe was trying to do. He was just trying to run. He was just trying to run a zoo while at the same time letting people know that Carol Baskin killed her husband and fed him, fed him to a tiger. And, and in doing so, video. in doing so, put out some amazing content. His country songs are not that bad. <laughs> the videos really. were well done. All in all, Joe Exotic's number show. one. Uh, I mean, absolutely number one. Pretty, pretty accurate list. I mean, I'm going to give you. Uh, I know all, but number two, whatever. I'll figure out who number two is once I once I watch it again. I don't know. That's that's in the episode. I didn't pay much attention to. But all in all, if you hadn't seen the Tiger King, go watch it. They're not paying us. Joe Exotic's in jail, so he's not paying us anything to plug it for him. But it's a good, it's a good show. So we're getting paid all or nothing. Not a dot. But well, go enjoy. There's seven, what, seven episodes? Go enjoy the seven episodes. It's entertaining. Then watch the, then watch you the haven't watched it, watched it. Watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just really good. Oh. All right. Next segment. Next segment. We're Hang still on. rocking through. Uh, Hang on. After, after going through that, I, I got to have a little... Oh, there, it is. there it is. That's, that's going to be famous one day. That little click's going to be famous one day. We won't, but that click's going to be famous. Mm. It's going to be an audio clip in somebody else's podcast, and they'll be like, yep, we did it. <laughs> so we're moving through The Last Dance. We've had an episode. We've had, what, one episode talking about The Last Dance. Now we're on episode three and four. You haven't watched the last dance. ESPN is saving our sports world right now with the documentary of Michael Jordan and the '90s Bulls, and uh, it's one of the best things on TV without question right now. Uh, episode one and two was Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, kind of a whole uh, encompassing of the two of them <clears throat> and their relationship. Uh, it's three and four touch still touches on Scottie a lot and MJ, but we finally bring in the Joe Exotic of the Bulls team, Dennis Rodman, and I'm telling you, you learn so much by watching this about somebody. And, I mean, they just get better every episode. At least in my opinion, they get better every episode. Yeah, I mean, it, th these are this is some of the most entertaining, you know, the the 30 for 30s on ESPN are great. This 
takes the 30 for 30s to another level. This is just a, a, a pure form of entertainment that I, I can't turn off. Yeah. So when, when three, I mean, they advertised three, you knew it was going to be about Rodman, but you really didn't know much about it. Well, it brings out, it brings to light this whole giant controversial battle between the Pistons and the Bulls in the 90s. And for the most part, at least at the start of the, of the, the saga, the Pistons owned the Bulls, right? They owned yeah. them. And Dennis Robin played for the Pistons. So I'm I'm not sure I can't remember what year the first time they lost to the Pistons was because they lost to them what two straight years in a row is that right? And we're talking in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Because the the Pistons were were two time champs, and, and so I and I'm like you, I don't know the years. I think it's '89 and '90. Because I think the Bulls' first win was 91, correct? Correct. Okay, so we're going to call it that. So 89 and 90, the Bulls m- met the Pistons multiple times throughout the year. But but I think the Bulls had faced them in the playoffs before, you know, in, in maybe 87, 88, not in the conference finals, but, but they had they had met them in the playoffs before too. It was okay. another lead up, and I could be wrong on that, but you know the, the whole, yeah, the the whole, you know, a lot of the theme behind that was just the Bulls' struggle to overcome the Pistons, and you know, the, it was not just losing to the Pistons; it was getting physically manhandled by the Pistons, like physically butts kicked by the Pistons every time they played them. There's no doubt the Pistons played dirty. Yeah, it was very, they, very dirty. They, you know, acquired the nickname the Bad Boys. Well, they they played dirty. They they so, they were they were scrappy and, and would take cheap shots at, at every opportunity just to bug the stew out of you. So after after the second year, the Bulls lost to them. MJ was like, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. And he went to a, a whole other level of preparation. They said that he had never really lifted weights until then. Uh, but they were determined that they were going to be a more physical team than the Pistons come the next season. Fast forward a year. They're back in the playoffs. They're back. Well, but before we get there, so 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 there, there's two things that you know. You see the Bulls losing. You see them losing with grace, but with this just gritty determination that they were going to eventually overcome, and they were going to find a way because that's the way Michael Jordan does it. He's going to find a way. He is not going to be bested over and over and over again. He will be better at some point. 
Well, one thing happened when the Bulls went from Doug Collins to Phil Jackson. Uh, that was intriguing to me in the introduction to the triangle offense. So before yeah. Phil Jackson got there, it was Michael's show. Michael was the guy with the ball, and everybody knew that Michael was getting the ball. Yep. And what the triangle offense did, it spread the ball out to where there was more more passing where you didn't know really who was going to have the shot. It still or ultimately maybe, ended up with Michael, maybe, but gave Michael better looks and took some pressure off of him. Right. Maybe you knew Michael was still going to get it. You just didn't know when because of how many passes were going to happen between the, the start and the time he got it to got open and take a shot. It was a good offense. And, and what was fascinating to me, I remember growing up sort of questioning Scotty Pippen that was Scotty really good or was he just good because he was with Michael? And I, I always thought that if Scotty was on another team, he would not have been one of the greatest NBA players out there. I think what this is coming back and showing me is that young Andrew was wrong. I, I do think Scotty now in hindsight is one of the greatest players. I'll say it this way. I don't think Scotty would have been, I mean, I think, I think he would have been great regardless of where he was. I think MJ would have been great regardless if he had Scotty or not. But I believe the two of them having the bond and the, teammanship that they had it made them both who they were scotty never would have reached that potential without michael he wouldn't because when that triangle offense got instituted with the bulls michael really made it a point and he said it in the show that that he he needed he needed scott he focused on scotty to make scotty better Yep. Because he was a freak athlete. He was he was raw. He could jump out of the ceiling. Yeah. And in that offseason, Scotty was right there with Michael the whole time. Yeah. And you'd have you've got Michael, you know, Michael, give me six reps. Michael wasn't gonna give you six reps, he's gonna give you twelve. Twelve. Yep. Well, you and yep. me in the gym, shit, that ain't easy, man. That's not. I'm stopping at six. Maybe seven. Uh, <laughs> I, if I can give you six, I'm I'm pretty happy. Yep. So, so now we we fast forward. We make it to the to the rematch. The Bulls are are beefier. They're stronger, and they're ready to be as dirty as the Pistons are going to be. And and what ultimately happens is they they sweep them. In four straight games. I don't think the Bulls were were dirty. The Bulls didn't dirty. let the Bulls didn't let the dirty stuff get to them. Right. I don't think they were dirty. I think they were just like I mean they were more hard nosed. It just was not going to bother them anymore. The stuff that the Pistons were doing. <laughs> Bill Lanebeer I I hated that guy in the nineties, and watching this, I can't stand the guy even more. Bill Lambeer, that guy sucks. 
I hate that boob. I agree. Big boob. So, the Pistons are, are now swept. My, my favorite part of the entire of the, of the entire episode, I'm assuming this was, I think this was actually in four. When it was, it was in four. Yep. But it was my favorite clip of, of both of them. And I'm going to play the clip here in a minute. But uh, uh, Isaiah Thomas was he, he played for the Pistons. You know, he's and he said multiple times, we played dirty, we played hard. We were the bad guys of the league. And we got our butts whipped. After the fourth game, when they lost in four straight, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, sportsmanship is sportsmanship. It's just, it's always there. In my opinion, it's always there. It always needs to be there. It's what I teach my kids. You just, you, you suck up the loss and you shake hands and, you, and, then you, and then you leave. Well, they got just so beat down, the clock's ticking to zero and the Pistons just walk off the court. There's no handshake. There's no congratulation. There's no nothing. And so the the last dance, you know, the the, the narrator, the commentator, whatever of the last dance, you know, they're interviewing these guys now today, and they interview Isaiah Thomas, and I want you to hear what his response is to that. Let's listen. Knowing what we know now. In the aftermath of what took place, I think all of us would have stopped and said, hey, congratulate, like they do now. Hey, congratulate, love you, man, love you, hey, congratulate you. I mean, we would have did it. Of course we would have done it. But during that period of time, that's just not how it was passed. When you lost, you left the floor. That's it. So Isaiah Thomas just said that... Today, yeah, things have things have changed. If we knew if we knew then what we knew now, you know, we would have approached it differently, essentially. But that's not how you did it back then. This is what he just said. He said that you just didn't do it back then. The way the game was played back then, you didn't do it back then. <laughs> well, then go ahead. It's such a crock, man. It is because then the then the commentator flips over to the interview with Jordan and he says, I want you, I want you to listen to what Isaiah Thomas has, uh, Isaiah Thomas has to say about, about them walking off the court. And here's what MJ said. Well, I know it's all bullshit. Whatever he says now, you know, when there's two actions, then, you know, it's time enough to think about it or the reaction of the public that's kind of changed his perspective of it. You can show me anything you want. There's no way you can convince me he wasn't an asshole. So MJ says, I don't care what he says or doesn't say. Nothing is going to change. I already know what he's going to say. And and of course he said, like, like MJ sitting there, he's like, told you. Like, if you'd have seen his face, he's like, I told you he was going to say that. But he said, that's not the way it was. We lost to them two straight years in a row, 
and we shook their hands. That's sportsmanship. We we shook their hands. That's what you do. I mean, the year before, and, it went to game seven. Yeah. And Michael walked over. The Bulls, the whole team, Michael walked over, shaking hands. Good game. I mean, y'all were the y'all were the better y'all were the better guys. Y'all were the better guys. I'm sorry. It. I'm sorry, Isaiah Thomas. I mean, you're a ball player. I get it, but that there's no way around. You just you were butt hurt and you walked off the court butt hurt. That's all it was. And they took a lot, a lot of heat for doing that. A lot of heat. And kudos to the papers around that time for picking picking it up and calling them on it too. And calling them out on it. I mean, it was it was a bad look then, and it's a worse look now. Looking back on it, it really is. I do think it's worse now than looking even looking at the papers back then. But it was it was awesome. By far, my favorite clip of of this, these two episodes. Now we'll talk about Rodman. Do you like well, and, Rodman? And and, and, hey, and just going back and then seeing, you know, Michael Jordan it really, you know, he's shown emotion when he when he's hit a game winner and, you know, that game winner against the Cavs when he he jumps up with the 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 fist pump and. You've seen that emotion from Michael, but when Michael won that first championship and you just see him embracing that trophy Mm, and he breaks down. It was awesome. God, it was awesome. It gives me chills at the thought because how much work and determination he has put into reaching that goal and how gratifying it was to beat the Pistons and then go on and just, you know, it it was – and him hugging that just solid gold trophy. I don't know if it's solid gold, but just gold, that gold trophy just up against his face. I mean, that's an iconic picture. You've seen it a hundred times. It's awesome. I love it. Raw emotion. And this just exhaustion coming out in tears. Yeah. Of years of hard stuff. work paying off. Man, that is it was I could stuff. watch that over and over. Uh, really that's good. something I want. I want my kids to watch that and see. I want you when you're out practicing. That's what I want you to think about is reaching that level of gratification with whatever you're doing. So why why I'm so interested to to watch the next two episodes, which I've already aired. I got more homework to do, but why I'm interested to do that is because what it's what makes it so interesting is that Dennis Rodman was on that opposing team, that Pistons team, and then, bam, the Bulls were like, we're going to pick him up. We're going to pick him up. And at that time, he was one of, if not the best, defensive players in the NBA, correct? Probably, I mean, he was the best rebounder and one of the best defenders, certainly. So the Bulls were like, hey, but when, but when Dennis was with the Pistons, he wasn't, he wasn't the enigma that he was. <laughs> he wasn't. He was just a normal dude. He was quirky and was annoying as hell to to play against. 
boy. He, but he, he had not reached the the enigma that of the he hadn't really reached the the shaved head, colored hair stuff. He was getting to that, but which which pinpoints how great the Bulls coach was and why they connected so well together. How fascinating was when Rodman Rodman was wearing what the necklace and and was had some Indian something and Phil mm-hmm. Jackson sees that necklace and and he and Rodman connect over it and because and in that episode yeah and they go back and they show I, hell I didn't know that Phil Jackson won two championships with the Knicks I didn't either. I had no idea. But I, but I think – go ahead. To, it just showed to me – hell, it was like Phil Jackson was Dennis Rodman before Dennis Rodman was Dennis Rodman. It was, and I think that – Phil Jackson like, was so weird back then. And that was the switch that clicked in Rodman uh, that really made him who, honestly, we all know him to be, but it let him be himself. And Phil Jackson never stopped him from being himself. And I think that's what made him so successful on the court with the Bulls. It's like you give him a little rope because ultimately when it's game time, he shows up. and he's, so, which, which brings me to my second favorite part of the, of the episode is the Vegas trip that Robin had to take. Robin was just <laughs> – he was he – was, he was tired. He was just tired. He was, and, and he and he needed a break. And so he went to Phil and was like, "Hey, I need a vacation." And he was like, "Kind of, kind of don't really get a vacation in this sport." But all right, let me hear you out. What What do you want? He said, "I I just need some time to myself. What can you give me?" How about forty eight hours. And the whole time this conversation is going on, MJ standing there, <laughs> just ready nope. to explode. Nope. Yep. Don't do it. No, nope. do don't do it. Please don't do it. <clears throat> don't and, like and it. Feels like, Bad idea. Feels like, okay, Dennis, you take your 48 hours. And Dennis, he's like, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to Vegas. And MJ's comment right there was like, he said, I, I looked at Phil and I said, Phil, you ain't getting it back in 48 hours. <laughs> no, I don't care what you what, – no, 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 he'll be back in 48 hours. Phil, he ain't coming back in 48 hours. I can tell you that much. And it, it ended up was absolutely not 48 hours when he showed back up. Dennis Robin went to, went to Vegas and just essentially fell off the, the face of the earth for, I think it was probably close to four days. He went on a little bender. He, he was dating Carmen Electra at the time. And she got interviewed and said she remembers the only way they got Robin back was MJ went and knocked on the door in Vegas and said, uh, hey, buddy, <laughs> we got to get to practice. Got on an airplane, went to practice, and was right back at it. But that's what he needed, and Phil, Phil gave it to him. He, 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 he gave him some room to breathe, and, I mean, ultimately it was successful. Can we – so I – Back in the day, young Andrew was infatuated with Carmen Electro. Like a she, fine wine, does she nice get person. better with age? Nice person. She's a nice person. Goodness gracious. Um, 
she aged beautiful beautifully uh, I, I i was i was not expecting that uh but but hearing her you know ducking behind ducking behind the couch when michael's coming in like man to be a fly on that wall seriously and you knew they dated but you never put these this whole thing together you know because she knew who michael jordan was and knew he was the greatest and now he's walking right. in the room and like hey let's go <laughs> we got we so, got practice so that so that's the last dance that's that's catching you up on the last dance i've got my homework to do for the next couple of episodes because i know it's just going to get better but our our our, our final segment I, I implemented it last time i'm going to keep it rolling until it gets gets catchy and, and becomes like the greatest thing ever in a podcast but it brings us to the two-minute offense the two-minute drill the final two minutes of the game and what better thing to talk about because this past weekend should have been kentucky derby weekend but with all the crap happening we didn't have the kentucky derby this weekend but while lots of just amazing things are kind of coming out of this and fun stuff and people are very inventive and just coming up with crazy things uh the sporting world decided to give us a virtual kentucky derby of every triple crown winner in history and it was one of the coolest things i have seen i thought it was awesome i, I really genuinely thought it was awesome going into so it, it i thought it was going to be absolutely stupid so did i i thought it was going to be like little cardboard horses running 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 and then whatever and then one of them win it was awesome it looked real it it uh i don't know how they did so so if you listen to the very end of it they said that the uh the calling of the race so the the sports announcer who called the race the play-by-play announcer who called the race did not that wasn't recorded pre-recorded with the with the virtual run so you had these, you know, obviously it was digital horses running or whatever. They, it was all uh, virtual reality, whatever. It looked real horses, but it was all, um, you know, computerized. It was awesome watching. But the play-by-play did not, had not, it wasn't like he had seen it first and, and, and called it or had it scripted. He called it literally as he saw it, and it was the best thing ever. It was it's awesome. Incredible. It was awesome. And we should have known it going into it. He was the favorite to win it, but he's the greatest horse of the past century and secretary at one. It was, it was awesome. So dang good. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. I thought Citation was going to take it. I thought they were going to let Citation take it. So look, going into it, you had, there were, I'll say there were five, there were really four, but I'll say there were five just, and I'll tell you why. I thought there were five horses that had a chance to win this thing. Affirmed, Secretariat, Seattle Slough, Citation, and then American Pharaoh. American Pharaoh. I don't think American Pharaoh really belonged. Never had a chance. He didn't. In those guys, but he was the most recent one. He was the most So for all the wagering enthusiasts out there, Affirmed was plus 650, Secretariat was plus 120, a clear favorite. Seattle Slough plus four fifty, American Pharaoh plus nine hundred, Citation plus five hundred. Mm-hmm. Because our good friends at Vegas took advantage of the old opportunity of the virtual derby to have some wagering opportunities for our friends out there. All those and, degenerates. And I'm sure they came out on top. 
you know they came out on top because nobody picked Secretariat. They all picked Secretariat, but nobody. You had to pick Secretariat. Secretariat. He's still got the fastest derby time, and it's was forty seven years ago. It was awesome. The whole thing was awesome. But the the comment, the the play by play, not just calling it as it was, was by far the best thing yet. It was awesome. I legit. I mean, coming down, coming down the stretch, I did not think Secretary was going to win. Nope, I didn't either. He did. It was awesome. Like my my God, jaw was, so was dropped. It it was it was it was that was must see TV for the I weekend. Wanna, I want to go back. I'm gonna go back and watch it now just to uh, just. I didn't know I that about. I didn't know that about the call that it wasn't that it yeah, wasn't they scripted. Said it, they said it right after right after it was over and they went back into the studio. That was the first thing he said. He said, I want you to know that whoever it was, they named him, they knew who he was, who just called that, called it as a live race. He had not seen it, he did not know what was gonna happen. He called it as a live race. And it absolutely was fascinating. It was awesome. So well, I'm I'm gonna say this. This was this was a longer podcast than we're used to, but I enjoy the heck out of this one. Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. <laughs> they are snacking. Hey, I enjoyed it. Hey, next up, episodes five and six. Spoiler alert. Episode five is my favorite episode thus far. Okay. I'll watch it. Not tonight, but I will watch it. I'll be ready for it. Enjoyed it as always. Yeah, man. We'll catch you next time. Peace. See ya. We're out. just listen to the three up three down sports podcast click the link to subscribe and you can find us on instagram at three up three down sports until next time be good or be good at it